Hello and welcome to You OK Man. Uh, I'm Elliot. I'm Jake. I'm Tom. And you OK, guys? Elliot forgot to make a jingle. Now he's sick and he doesn't want to. I'll do it by next week. So this is episode one of You OK Man, uh, which is just going to be kind of a general sort of mental health chat podcast, if that makes sense, amongst sort of uh, three men. Uh, oh, no, I don't like calling myself a man. Yeah, three men. <laughs> uh, three boys. Uh, you are a man. <laughs> You're over the age of 18 years old. Thank you, Jake. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a, a, a frank but friendly discussion about mental health and, and sort of our ongoing um, mental health. So do you want me to do you want me to begin yeah go for it let's hear about oh. your week yeah it's been a, it's been a strange week uh it's what week seven of lockdown week eight of lockdown mm. um and i i've found like this like this has been a proper roller coaster for in terms of like introspection because at the start i was fine i was i was super burnt out by um the term that had come before so i was super super burnt out and i was like ah oh, like okay obviously national pandemic it's not that great but a little bit of a break. Um, and it was, it was nice to kind of be able to relax without any of that guilt. I don't know whether you guys get it, but I feel like whenever I give myself time off, I just, I'm fighting this guilt that's inside of me. That's being like, you need to be doing something productive. You need to be yeah. on your course mm. or a podcast or editing or organizing or mm. writing, you know, standing still always, is not, yeah. not, not, not an option. Is yeah. It? Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like, um, a shark. So you know how sharks, if they stop swimming, they die. Mm. I feel like that. I feel like I just have to keep swimming. I have to keep going. Otherwise yeah. all of it's going to catch up. And that, I think that's kind of, that in itself though, that analogy is exhausting. Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly what I've experienced during lockdown is I've been so worried for so long about what happens if I stop. And I, I got to the start of lockdown. I was like, this is great because I'm not allowed to feel guilty about stopping. And then a few weeks kind of passed and it got, I, I, I kind of got a bit worse in terms of feeling like I really should be doing stuff, but I'm not. Um, so I've, I threw myself into more sort of physical tasks. So uh, I, I did a bunch of running for a while and uh, my dad's rebuilding the house at the moment, so I've been helping with that painting, insulation, digging. How and did you find? Was, how did you find the running? Was that was that helpful for your mental really health? Really good, really good. I, I've stopped now, um, and I'm trying to get back into it, but that's that's a whole other thing. But I've found that yeah, running's really good because it um, it's exercise, which kind of helps your body function better anyway, right? But it just it's it means that I don't have, like, I don't have to think about anything else when I'm running, you know, all I have to think about is the next step, the next breath. And, uh, cause even when I go for walks and stuff, I can't, I can't listen to nothing. Like if I'm walking the dogs, I have to be listening to a podcast. Cause I, I just, I'm, yeah, I find that I get worried if I'm not listening to something. Does that make sense? Do you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about? It's, no, yeah, it's, it's an additional part of that whole standing still, you're feeling yeah. like you're doing even it's, I, I get that too like with very meaning meaningless tasks i feel like i need to be doing something on top of that otherwise i'm not yeah. doing something and it feels like it's a mix of on one hand i don't want to feel like it's wasted time so a, a podcast is teaching me something but at the same time i don't want that quiet that might make my thoughts start questioning themselves mm. like it, it it's that white noise to drown it out and I've started, well, I've not started, I've done this for years now, but go, falling asleep watching or listening to something. Because if I'm there in bed in silence 
my brain just starts going. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, 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 yeah, it's scary. It's not something that I'm used to. I'm not used to that silence. I've kind of grown up with podcasts and Netflix and stuff like that. Um, so it's yeah. Been, so I've, as you say, it's been seven weeks of lockdown and, and I imagine we've all got our own little stories about how it's affected us directly, but how has it affected you? Because I know you're quite a, you know, outwardly going person. You like going out, you like doing things, you like hanging around with your friends and being isolated from all of that must be quite difficult. Yeah, it is. It's, I'm very lucky that I'm isolated with my girlfriend. Um, so I've still got someone that I can, I can sort of talk to and, and confide in and stuff. But yeah, it's, I've, like I said, it was at the start, I was really thankful for it. And then I kind of found myself feeling like a shark that had to stay still. Right? I felt myself dying and it, it was <laughs> dying quite an extreme way of putting it, but I could, you know, it, it was, it was like, like I could feel like a tension in my chest whenever I was doing anything because in my brain it was going, okay, you have to do coursework. You have to be doing a podcast. You have to be editing. You have to be writing. But at the same time, I couldn't get my brain to a place where I was able to be productive because without my knowing it's trying to comprehend the global pandemic. And that's something which like, we're just not set up for as, as men or humans and trying to get my head around that, even subconsciously was taking up so much of my mental capacity that even if I wanted to, I couldn't work. I spoke to somebody the other day who, who said that, you know, they've been affected by the pandemic. You know, they've, they've, they've been put on furlough, you know, it's, it's affected their lives, but they had a dream about it the other day. And it was only after that dream and waking up, you know, in fear that they actually finally realized that this was going on. Mm. And it's all of that subconscious like you just described sort of it's there. But actually when, when you're thinking about it, like you were talking about white noise, having the mm. pandemic additionally on top of that in the background is not a nice thing. And you've, you've got to turn that white noise up louder, right? To, to mm. drone out the pandemic. Exactly. That's, that's I think what I found myself doing. You know, I was watching watching TV all day because I couldn't get up and move because if I got up, that meant that I was able to do things and I should be doing something. Um, but I, I, that just coming back to something that you said, it's it, the difference between knowing and comprehending is something which I think plays such a huge role in like identity and, and just people in general. But the idea between I know something and I comprehend something. So I know that the universe is hundreds of millions of light years big but i can't comprehend that my brain can't fathom how big that is i know that there are seven billion people on the planet but i can't picture in my head i can't comprehend seven billion people um and it's it it comes into um the idea of like identity and um what's the other bit i'm trying to say here it's it's it, like in in how i'm feeling and anxiety and stuff i i know what might be bothering me and what might be making me feel anxious and i understand that it's not something serious so say i'm worried about um a, a social event right if i'm worried about going to a, a susu tv social i know that it's going to be great because they they're people that i'm friends with and they know me and stuff like that but I, it's it's making me anxious but because i can't comprehend that fact does that make sense have i been yeah. rambling with that I tell you what, so you just spoke about, you know, going and, and feeling anxious about meeting people in a, you know, sort of real life capacity, not virtually. How have you found Zoom calling people, speaking to people virtually? Because I know a lot of people have, have additional anxieties about doing those sorts of things. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I, like, it was really nice at the start, but these, I'm finding these endless Zoom quizzes really weird because it feels like sort of half interacting with people because whenever people talk over each other, everyone can't hear anything. And so it's this odd new social experience where everyone has to take their turn to speak. And um, yeah, I, I find it, I don't find it very engaging. I find it difficult. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of, it's the best that we have at the moment. Um, mm. But yeah, it's, it's, I found myself missing social interactions less than I thought I would. I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I've spent quite a lot of lockdown just trying to overcome personally my mental hurdles of being productive. Um, and this, this past week especially has been difficult because I've spent most of lockdown doing physical stuff. So painting or bricklaying or whatever and that's felt productive to me because I don't have the mental capacity to do actual work but this past week I've come down with something um I I like I, I don't think it's corona but like I've had shortness of breath and a headache and fever and whatever but um, then but then the fact that there is a global pandemic happening at the moment you know that plays into the placebo of the whole well yeah. if I get ill am I going to get this virus and that's just yeah. a whole other something to fear isn't it yeah but coming down with this I've, I've experienced real fatigue this week and to the point where like you know i was talking to tom earlier but literally moving from my bed to the bathroom can put me out of breath and i it's it's really affected me in a way that no other i've, I've never had an illness that has affected me in this sort of a physical way mm -hmm. um i've never had experienced fatigue like it but it's meant that i've not been able to do any of those physical things that made me feel productive and so now i've had a week of really not being able, like I've had a physical and mental barrier preventing me from doing work or physical work. Um, and that's where I'm kind of really struggling is I, I'm, I'm trying to get myself to be productive and it's about lowering that barrier for entry, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in, in doing something like a podcast like this, I'm low, I, I, I've committed to not editing it too much and um, just uploading it on YouTube to make it easy. And it's, just making it so that I can do those little things that help me to feel productive, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And and given the fact that you have had both of those blocks, both a mental and a physical block, how and how you've described yourself in the fact that you need to do things, that must have been just quite a quite a difficult time yeah. this past week, as you as you've described it as being. Um, well played for getting through it though. Because I mean, I know you're you've still you're still feeling a little bit ill, but ultimately, yeah. it's proven that you can come through the other side of something like that. Yeah, yeah, and like I've never. So I I, I um one of my hobbies that I, I uh, yeah one of my hobbies is is painting Warhammer, and I've found that like no matter how I'm feeling, however anxious or or low or whatever I'm feeling, that's always been my escape previously. But feeling like so fatigued to the point where I can't pick up a paintbrush that again, it's, it's a point where I'm sat at my desk being like, I need to distract myself from what's going on in my head, but I can't because I can't pick up that paintbrush. And it's, it's just forced me to yeah, confront a lot of kind of these, these barriers and anxieties that I've not previously confronted. And do you feel better off for having, I mean, I know it's only in the past week that you perhaps have yeah. confronted them, but do you feel better off for now? beginning to confront them it's, it's difficult to say like it it absolutely feels like uh it's is really difficult it 
like whenever whenever I end up confronting something, I always feel more tired and depressed and low afterwards because just you've you've expect you've exhausted. That's that's a better way. Mm-hmm. I feel mentally exhausted because it it does it takes up that that aspect of your brain. Um, but I do I do think that on the whole it's it's absolutely a good thing. Um, and this week I've had a GP appointment. Um, and and just talking about my anxiety because it's really started to affect me um and that that resulted in um a referral for a, a, a therapist for, for cognitive behavioral therapy um so that's really good like that's that's a really good step forward for me um because yeah it's it's i've, I've been struggling with um unbeknownst to me i've been struggling with anxiety for the last four years um and yeah it's kind of only really been in this last year that i've sort of acknowledged it and so i think because uh, I, I went to so many doctors about what was happening and they were kind of focused on the physical side and most of those doctors ended up by being like it's not real um so to kind of have a doctor finally say yes like i'm going to refer you to, to a specialist who can help you uh, and kind of yeah have it confirmed that there is something going on was really really gratifying um but again it's difficult to feel gratified when you're mentally exhausted from putting it all out there you know yeah but and I will say this, you should be proud of yourself for making that step and getting that, getting that help. Because, I mean, hopefully it, it helps you and it, and it works. But even just taking that step in the first place, um, acknowledging the fact that, you know, this, is, this has been a problem in your life for a period of time um, and reaching out, that is, you know, that's all you can do. And now, you know, you're on a, you're on a path to getting that help, which is brilliant. Thank you. So how's, uh, how's, your be- how's your week been then, Jake? So I'm in a really weird position. I, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know the government have, uh, have relaxed some parts of their lockdown, but you were talking about how you've been locked away and, and Tom, you've been locked away too for, for seven or so weeks. I've not been. I've been still going into work, um, still traveling up, commuting into London every day. Every, you've actually um, had more work, haven't you? Really, yeah, I've been really, really fortunate. Um, I've actually somehow gained a full-time job out of coronavirus. Um, <laughs> how long that, that lasts, uh, you know, goodness only knows. But um, yes, yes, I've been quite, it's benefited me, which is, again, a, a whole bizarre thing. Uh, the, where I wanted to start, though, was that um, it's the fact that I am working, the fact that mm. I'm, I'm referred to as a key worker. I've got a letter that says it all and everything like that. And that mm. in itself brings so much guilt with it. So much okay. guilt because I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I, I don't deliver food parcels. I don't, I don't do anything of the sort that directly, you know, saves lives. I'm, I'm an assistant producer at a national radio station and we do talk to people. We do, uh, it's a phone-in station, it's LBC. We, we talk to people. We, you know, we hear about all of, you know, these people in, in really dire needs. And it's those people that, you know, the doctors and nurses that are the key workers. So going into work every day, I feel so guilty. And I have done from the start. And um, I think that's actually increased this week specifically because the government changed the advice and because there have been more police officers around now right. i'm quite anxious when the law is around like i don't know i don't know other people might experience this too <laughs> um i i know i haven't done anything wrong uh, but it's just like 
oh no, they, they, they might come over and stop me. They might ask to see my letter. They might, yeah. they might say, I'm not a key worker because I personally myself feel like I'm not a key worker. Um, even though I have this letter that confirms that I am. Yeah. I, I've been feeling quite, every time I get into Waterloo Station and, and you know, I see all of these police officers, I've been feeling quite anxious. I'm trying to walk like around them. Like I probably look really suspicious, but I'm <laughs> obviously not. Um, and yeah, I think from the get, that's been sort of my, I mean, it's a completely different experience, like I say to, to both of you, but that's been my initial part of the anxious feeling that I've, I've gotten during mm. this period of time. Because again, yeah, um, I don't think I am a key worker. I, I, I'm just, I'm just providing a service, you know, people can listen to the radio while, um, while they are in the lockdown. And then yeah. that moves, I, I guess I move on from that in, 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 the, in the sense that my job is I take phone calls mm. um, and I'm in charge of, of putting those calls through if, um, you know, they further the conversation, um, you know, the topic that we're talking about at the time on radio. So as you can imagine, during a period of time like this, we've had a lot of people call in who haven't been in a very good place. Mm. and hearing stories like that day in day out for seven weeks straight i don't think i realized up until perhaps last week how much of a, a mental toll that it had on me right because you think about it in your spare time you know you, you sat down and i'm i don't know i'm playing a video game or something and you just you, you know your, your mind wanders to you know that caller that I, I took on Wednesday last week who had been furloughed um, and then had lost that furlough pay because their com the, the company had said, you have to go back to work next week, um, was shielding, was, so was you know, at risk from coronavirus and didn't right. want to go back to work, so the company had sacked them. So they were in a position where they had no money and what was happening next? And they were crying down the phone. So, your mind just wanders and there's countless countless different experiences mm. uh, all sorts of people just being in positions similar or worse or um slightly better but, but don't know what to do and they're talking to you and expecting you to have an answer for them mm. and i'm sat there I'm, I'm playing video games and my mind wanders to these phone calls and yeah, until the last week, I don't think I, I, I had acknowledged how much of an impact that it had on me. Um, and I think that has affected how I have acted. I think sort of the way I've come across is perhaps more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think the, the way I've come across is more blunt. I think right. I've both... I mean, I'm, I'm in a similar position as you, Elliot. I'm living with my girlfriend and um it's, it's, it's obviously incredibly fortunate that i'm not on my own and i've got that support there for me but still it's changed the way i've acted and, and i've i've made specifically i sat down with myself um at the end of last week and i said look you do a tough job you take phone calls from people who are in difficult situations you just need to sort of get home when you, you know, when you get home and you just need to detox and you need to do something that completely, like you say earlier, essentially just white noises everything out. You forget about everything else. Um, yeah. 
but that in itself has just if i could just say that in itself has brought a problem and it's that my get out clause at the moment from all of that is i'm gaming basically every hour that i'm not at work and not sleeping yeah and that is not great yeah that's that's the problem with that white noise right is that it's it's all it is is a distraction and it doesn't mean that those uh thoughts or issues go anywhere it just means that they're not they're not the forefront of your mind in that moment yeah if that makes sense so that you know it's the fact that you've you've experienced people who are experiencing the worst of the pandemic the fact that you've had contact with them is still going to be playing on your mind even though you're playing video games right even though that's what's distracting you and that's something that i I, I also find really difficult is to have a dialogue with myself about what I'm going through. Mm. If that makes sense. So the only experience I have with working through my problems is when I talk to my girlfriend about it. And, and you know, that's that to a certain extent, isn't fair on her because I'm putting all of this onto her and, and helping. But like, I just think that I don't know whether it's just a personal experience to me mm. or whether it's an experience which all men can kind of associate with or relate to even, sorry. But it's I, I don't know how to have a dialogue with myself to work through my own issues, if that makes sense. See, I'm the opposite in this situation. I know how to work through a dialogue with myself. I think I've been in positions in the past that have taught me, you know, bad mental positions uh, mm. where I've been at my lowest, where I've taught myself how to have a dialogue with myself. I think what I'm struggling at the moment with is that obviously you you've been speaking to your girlfriend i've been speaking to mine it's just that i've tried to take out the worst of it in my discussions right because i also know that my girlfriend's in the similar position to me that she's struggling as well and she's not got the you know the ability to go out and speak to other people during the day i'm yeah i might be i might be sort of going to work but i i get communication with other human beings um you know in the team that i work in and that is in itself that's a respite from this whole this whole virus that's something that i would normally do um what i was going to say though is but as a result of that i've been playing more video games and Mm. that's put a strain on i wouldn't say put a strain on our relationship but it's 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 essentially sort of blocked a bit of that whole well why aren't you spending more time with me um and that's something that i need to work on and i am working on um thought we had a chat about this earlier um and yeah i think i'm going to become more open as a result of it i think it i think i will still shield the vast majority of the of the difficult stuff i hear because i don't think it needs to be shared but what i what i won't what i won't shield is the impact that it's had on me yeah i think that's definitely important i think um i think yeah i I understand why you want to shield it from uh your girlfriend specifically but i think having uh having a support network of of lots of people that you can rely on means that you don't have to hide all of it right if that makes sense because you don't have to unload all of it onto one person and then you don't have that guilt that comes with feeling like you're burdening other people. Because that's something that I, I also have, have really struggled with is feeling like I'm burdening my mm. girlfriend with, with my problems. Because 
she's she's kind of the only one that I feel comfortable opening up to and that's that's sort of a part of why I want to do this because I want to make it more normal that um you know I want to normalize men sharing their problems with other men but in 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 expanding that support network you have more people that you can talk to and therefore you don't have to put everything onto onto one person and you can feel like you have to maybe hide less yeah i agree hiding hiding is a is a problem that i'm i'm definitely dealing head on with like i said before i'm in a very very fortunate position i'm essentially i'm not locked down i'm i'm living my normal life to i guess 85 percent of what i previously did other than the only thing i'm missing out on is and by god i wish i could do this right now (laughs) is getting a haircut because my hair is just atrocious at the moment it's far too long and it's it's getting very annoying um and the other thing is i just want to go to the pub i want to go to the (laughs) pub for a pint with my friends and i want to see more and when that happens it will be the best and and that's you know that's the sort of thing that is keeping me going because as we described before the virus is i'm bombarded by the virus every single day not literally but in terms of information where i work at a news radio station and the only story is coronavirus yeah and i think the way i've learned to i guess tune out of that in terms of all of the doom and gloom and this that and the other is i know at some point i'm going to be able to go to the pub with my friends again and that is <laughs> that is literally in my head yeah what i think yeah. and that's also when for example my girlfriend gets upset or anything along those lines or i've got a friend who's down or something like that that's exactly what i tell them i say we all get to go to the pub together soon it might mm. be in a month. It might be in two months' time. It, it might be, be that first it, sip. That exactly. Exactly. It might be in a year, but for goodness sake, it will happen. It this will isn't the good. end of the world. It will yeah. be great. And, and that's what I'm telling myself. How have yeah. you felt, Tom, over the past week? Well, just as a, before we nip Ooh. into Tom, I do yeah. want to, I, I just want to say, because I've been meaning to say this since the start, but Jake, you absolutely are a key worker. Um, because I uh, like I get that you're not a nurse and you're not a doctor and you're not a public transport worker or anything like that. But like the fact that you are part of a team who is sharing people's stories and the yeah. fact that you can be part of the people who are uniting the country such that we can hear other experiences, that's that's key and that's important. And that maintains that connection, that human connection that people need. Yeah. And I was going to add as well, it might be hard. I might be used to, but you you shouldn't feel bad about be, beating yourself up about it because... You know, at a at a London news station, your job is to you know, hear people decide if it's yes or no and get them online. So it's your job to be brutal. And when you get home, you feel like you, you share a bit of that mental headspace as well with choosing what you want to and what you don't want to say. Is that it's adjusting between your work life and your social life is a lot harder than people think. And when you have such a long and tiring work life, like you have, you work night shifts and work long hours. It'll be very, I, I find it also really hard to separate between those two things and being able to act in two different ways almost at home. So the fact that you are opening up and, and, and teaching yourself to, to speak to other people about it when you're at home is yeah, it's, it's a, a really, really positive thing. You, know, it, you shouldn't beat yourself up at all about it. I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate that. And that is, again, that is, I think, the one thing that I'm, you know, I need to focus on and get better at is opening up more about 
how that has impacted on me. But again, I think I think it's appropriate to shield the the, the the doom and gloom about it because I think there's so much doom and gloom in the world at the moment that we don't need to pass that on. Um, but you're right, guys. You're right. I, I do need to improve, and I am. I, I like to think improving on opening up and talking about how I feel as a result of my job and the impact of my job on me. And that's that's all we can ask. Yeah. That's all we can ask of ourselves is that we just are, are conscious of where we want to be and that we're taking little steps to get there every day. Exactly. And it's not even improving as well. Like you're already a, the most improved person <laughs> you can be. It's, it's just learning to, to talk a bit more basically. And that's not improving. That's not de-improving if that's a word. It's just learning to talk more. And yeah. it, it sounds like you're getting there. So anyway, Tom, yeah. I've blabbered on long enough. <laughs> no, that's how, fine. how has your week been? Uh, it's been all right. No, I think um, stuff you both have brought up has definitely been prevalent. I think an issue, I mean, we were talking about Zoom meetings earlier. I think that's a tough one for me. I just feel with, with lockdown in general, it's very hard to know what your own place is. And it's very hard to find like, you know, there's a, there's a purpose in what you're doing. Uh, because, you know, you know, with uni, for me, it was, you know, you get up, you go somewhere, you do something, you go somewhere else and do something else. So like having differences in location was a real like mental trigger just to, to get things done and, and moving on from past things that were stressing me out or something. But now it's all at home. Now it's all in one room. Uh, it's all of my stresses and all of my anxieties, you could say, are all plonked into one place. And mm. it's hard to maneuver around them. Um, but no, but the Zoom meetings especially, it's just because you have, like you were saying earlier, there's so many people there. You go from you by yourself or you with your family or the people you're used to, to you know what can be 30 people in a group chat all talking at you. And it's a lot of noise to go to mm. come into. And then, so it's that for 20 or 30 minutes or an hour. And then it's all, okay, bye. And then it's off again. And then like the moment you press leave, then it's you by yourself again. And it's such a quick adjustment to make to going from a big, huge crowd to nothing, I find. Yeah. There's, there's you... something very distinctive about like the silence after you leave a very busy meeting or oh, like yeah. a quiz or whatever. There's something very... Yeah, and very I think it's, it's, it's probably exacerbated with you as well, Tom, because you're, in the, you know, you're on your own, aren't you, essentially? Are you with your dad? Yeah, you're a dad, yeah just you? me and my yeah. dad, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, leaving and and again, you are a very sociable person yourself. So, not having, like you said, going from one one extreme to the other is difficult. Yeah. So when you, you you say that when you're in your room by yourself, you're sort of confronted with those anxieties. Are you finding that you're trying to address them, or are you finding that you're you're finding that white noise like me and Jake are? I think a bit of both. I think I address them, mm. and then it's. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say I definitely do address them. Like I think them through and I think, you know, why is this stressing me out and, you know, what's happening here? But then it gets, it doesn't get to a point, but then I think, you know, it's gone on for a bit too long and then that's enough of that, yeah. if that makes sense. Do you, so that, yeah, that, that thought process of um, rationalizing anxieties is something that I've, I've gone through and it never seems to help. Do you know what I mean? Like I, no, yeah. it almost frustrates me more because I'm like, I can see rationally that, I have no reason to be anxious about this, 
but I still can't overcome it. And it's, again, it's that difference between knowing and comprehending. Oh yeah. Oh, and you can rationalize it, but that doesn't help often. Um, Yeah. And with anxieties for me, sometimes I'm a very visual person. So I need to have someone in front of me to know what they're feeling. I think just living a life on text and living a life on messenger or zoom meetings to an extent is, it's really different. And it's difficult for me because I can't, in my head, people are saying things and you know, to them, it's what it's, they're saying it, it's, it's what they mean and it's what they want. But to me, it, it feels like it's not, um, because I just don't have that like visual trigger in front of me just to, to like to back myself up, if that makes sense. And trying to sort of interpret texts, especially if you're having like a genuine conversation with someone rather than just like, ah, oh, how's your day? What are you doing? Yeah. If you're trying to have like a serious conversation with someone and it's all being done over text, that can really make it difficult to understand. And then you're second guessing yourself and oh, yeah. like you might be going down a totally different path just because you misunderstood one of their texts. Completely. Yeah. And I've, yeah, no, I think that's just a, an issue I've had with text for a while. I'm not, I think most people would agree as well that with texting, it's, it's never a full answer, mm. which is, but then it's always with the complication of like, am I texting enough? Uh, am I not texting enough? And it's just a whole world of problems. I think it's yeah. so, it's yeah. so easy to be, to miscommunicate things over oh, yeah. just, just writing things. It's why, I always thought meeting up and, and, you know, if you've had an argument meeting up afterwards or maybe not an argument, just a disagreement meeting up afterwards and actually just sitting down and just bashing out what was meant to be said, it's always the way forward. If you want to move on and having, you know, the fact that that is currently impossible Mm. and, and the fact that you could, you could do it over video link, but ultimately it's so easy for you to just switch off. When you're actually there with somebody, you can't just switch off. It's not possible. No, and that's why things, you know, you, you, you tend to get compromises done in, in, in that environment. So I, I completely yeah. understand when, you know, you might be at odds with somebody or, you know, something might be misconstrued um, and you didn't mean to. It's, it's, it's so easy to fall into that trap of arguing. Um, yeah. And I've done it. I'm sure Elliot's done it. And Tom, like, it happens and yeah. I guess it's just a, it's just a fact of getting used to this new reality while it is reality yeah. um, and that's hard because communication it is it's a big change so, yeah yeah sorry no you go no it's just I was going to say it's it's all about communication and when you know with normal life I say in quotation marks is when it, it goes from that where you don't need as much communication because you know you're with each other you can read body language to then no physical contact at all it's mm. it's a huge change and communication becomes such an important thing and you don't realize about like how hard it is to actually communicate how you really feel so that then you feel that you get lost in that and you get lost in those words and then you know you start to second guess like we said and doubt yourself and it's just a slippery slope i think mm. Are you finding that you're learning how to communicate in a different way? Yeah, I think so. I think just in a general way, just being able to pinpoint what I feel in a more specific way is definitely something I'm coming to terms with. Not coming to terms, is learning to do. Yeah. And just making it absolutely crystal clear, this is what I meant. Um, it's, yeah, this is what I meant, that's what I need to say with it. It's just, this is what I meant and, and yeah. 
how are you, how are you finding trying to keep up with people like are you are you because I've, I've found that my social circle has massively decreased since going to lockdown just because i can't stay on top of of that many messages like how are you how are you finding that yeah i feel like it's a bit of a double negative for me because you know once my phone if i pick up my phone and it's got no messages then i think oh i'd like to text people i'd like to talk to people right now mm. and if I pick up my phone another time and there's just a whole multitude of messages and I think I really don't want this. I just want yeah. to be by myself. And I feel like it's just an endless circle yeah. of doubt, not doubting yourself, but trying to fill your life with people and then trying to empty your life of people or well, not life, but empty the, the situation of people or your phone. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing guys. Um, this has been really, this has been really nice. I've, I've really enjoyed having this conversation and I'd definitely like to keep, keep doing this in future. If you guys are down. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's incredibly important that, especially at a time like this, but moving forward from that as well, that men, especially um, who often don't share their own personal experiences in terms of mental health, come together and talk about it. Um, and especially like a time like this, as, as we've said, you know, when we are isolated and it is more difficult um we're not directly with our social groups that is very important so thank you thank you very much for doing this elliot and hopefully we can do it more in the future yeah no definitely and um thank you guys at home for listening uh this has been you okay man i've been elliot i've been jake and i've been tom thank you thanks for listening Please remember that none of us are professionals and if you do need help, please seek professional advice from either your local GP or any of the established charities that I'll leave in the description. If you want to see what else we're up to, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Jesting Dog Productions.